How you doing? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I waited the whole week to be seated next to you <laughs> just to show you my new shoes. <coughs> All right, take your seats please. Sit down. Please put your hands together for this team behind me for this awesome praise and worship. Praise God. The matriculants are taking a, a month's leave to uh, sup with, to have uh, communion with their matric books. Amen. So praise God for that. I want you to listen very, very carefully. Um, before I get into the word of God, I want to give you my notifications first before I continue. The vision that God has given us is kingdom advancement kingdom advancement, advancing in the kingdom. And one of the main fundamental things about kingdom advancement is you, the people. You that are seated here, you that are watching online. Won't you put your hands together for everyone that is watching online. We welcome you. It is a joy for me to come into your home and bring before you the word of God. I pray that you get all your family all together, put away all distractions, and let's get into the word of the Lord. Amen. So kingdom advancement, and one of the main things about kingdom advancement, I'm going to teach you slowly in the months to come, leading up to next, to next year, in next year, I'm going to teach you about kingdom advancement. And one of the main things about kingdom advancement is... You, the person that is seated there, the individual, is not about the church advancing, it's about you advancing. So one of the first things is when you receive revelation, stand up and receive revelation. I'm not scared to say it, I'm going to teach you. When you receive revelation and you know that this is a word that the Lord is giving, giving unto you, plant a seed for that word. Before I continue, how many of you like the Christmas decorations that we have? It's a bit different this year. We're not done. There's more to come. There's more that we're going to do in this week. But I want to encourage every one of you. There is a photo booth in the back. As you can see, a nice couch. There's a tree on my right hand side in the back. I want you to take full advantage of it. Take all the pictures and the selfies. Sit down and take pictures with your families, with your loved ones, with your friends and families and post it. Use it as a postcard if you want to. Put it up on your social medias, on your timeline, on your statuses, on your stories. I got that all right, right? In one sentence. Ah, you're, I'm getting good at this. <laughs> so put it up and, and uh, be excited about where you serve and where you grow. Because... We invest in your lives and we feed you well. So when we feed you well, you need to be appreciative and excited about where you are being fed. Thank you. So put it up on all your social medias. I want to encourage you. During the service, you receive revelation Shout and scream and make noise and say, yes, I received that word in the name of Jesus. That word is for me. Thank you, pastor. I'm convicted. You see, it's time for the church to stop being proudful 
and prideful in the church and come in as if everything is just so perfect. It is time for us to admit I am broken. There is something going on, but I'm here to give thanks unto God. And pastor, that word is just for me. I take it, I receive it, and I'm going to grow with that word in the name of Jesus. I want to encourage all of you. While the praise and worship is on, while I'm ministering, no matter who is ministering, take out your cell phones. You are allowed to take out your cell phones. I officially allow you to take out your cell phones and take a picture, take a video, put it up on all your social media platforms, your statuses. Let people know that you are proud to be in Faith Joburg. Put it up, FJ, 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 FJ. Let people know I'm proud to be part of FJ because there's something happening in FJ. Not only in the big churches overseas and the big churches all around the country, but right here in this little Southwest Rand place, something big is happening and we ought to be proud of it. Amen? So that's one of the first things that I'm going to be encouraging you and teaching you kingdom advancement is about you the individual don't come and sit here you get fed from this pulpit and go out on a Sunday afternoon oh did you see what Stephen Furtick put up hashtag elevation did you see what Tim Ross put up Did you see what Michael Todd put up? And I am, as much as you are such big followers of Manchester United and Liverpool, although some of you might need prayer about that, I am as big a fan as a lot of ministers. I follow a lot of them personally. I spend time with some of them personally. There are some ministers that I'm very, very close friends with, and I spend personal time with them that run very big, large churches in this country. But this is where you are fed. So as long as you put everything else up, put it up, please don't stop now because, oh, pastor's going to see I'm putting something up and he's going to shout at me. No, 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 I'm not that type of minister. I'll never force you to do anything. Do what you want to. But at the same time, I am asking if I can please ask you, Put up what you're getting from this pulpit as well. Put up what you're getting from this bald-headed pastor that invests his prayer time and life investing into you so that you can be blessed. We dedicate your children. We uh, um, dedicate your homes, your cars. We consecrate you. We baptize you. We marry you. We do everything. We are there when you call. Whether it is hospital in your home, whatever it is, we sacrifice time with our three children, which is a joy for us to do because we love you as much as we love them. To come to your aid, that is who we are. We will never say no to you. So as much as we do then, show appreciation of what we invest into your lives. I had guts to say all that. I hope you do not take offense. 
but you understand what I'm saying. Baptism will be next year in March. We will be baptizing everyone that wants to get baptized and we will be doing it on a Sunday in March right here in front of the congregation. You will be baptized. You will have a special outfit on. You will have a picture taken. You will get a certificate, right? And it will be a special day just for you. There will be a pool that we will put up here. Don't ask me how as yet. We have different ideas. We're still going to, but it will be right here. We'll be baptizing you in front of the congregation. It will be a baptism service that we will be having in the name of Jesus. Amen? We will be doing child dedication as well next year. And fasting starts, this is where you take out your pen, your page, and your notebook. Fasting starts on the 4th of January. I'm sorry to all of those birthdays and anniversaries and parties that I will be breaking into please forgive me now please do not be religious yes be holy but do not be religious about your fasting if it is your birthday if it is your anniversary whatever the function is you are allowed fast the whole day break your fast enjoy your birthday with your family enjoy your anniversary with your loved one and the next day start the fast again because fasting is not about the food. It is about the heart and the mind. We will be through the app and through social media. It will be all over. We, will be, uh, we are trusting God to release a journal, a 40-day journal to guide you along in the fast. But there will be, we will have a day-by-day day in place what we'll be fasting about, the scriptures that you'll be pondering on and, and reading and studying. We will guide you through the entire 40 days leading up to the 13th of February. It's a Sunday where we will break fast. Enough right at time to celebrate Valentine's. It's amazing when I say that it is the older ones that shout and scream even more about Valentine's. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because the younger ones are clever. They want to save their money. Yes, that's my son seated at the back. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that is fasting. The memorial service will be on the 21st of November. I know um, Sandra didn't mention it, but I want to mention it from our heart. And I want you to know up front that we planned to do this last year. We did not plan to do this after my father-in-law passed away. We already had it on our minds last year when we saw that there were three people in Pastor Zola's area that... Uh, that were taken away to be with the Lord. And we re realized back then that there were so many families that could not come into the church building and say a final goodbye. They could not bring their loved one into the church building. They had to drive past the church. And some of them couldn't, couldn't even come to the church. They had to go from their home straight to the cemetery or the crematorium. And we thought, no, we have to give closure from the church because these were our people. So I want to encourage you, if you have lost a loved one, 
whether in the church or not in the church, in the past two years, 2020 and 2021, on the 21st of November, Sunday morning, it will be a memorial service. We I want to encourage you to bring a photo of that loved one. You know, bring a candle, you know, bring flowers, whatever you feel, you desire that you want to. Lay it right here at the altar in between two angels. Put it at this altar. We will have a memorial service for them to give you as a family's closure in the name of Jesus from the church. Amen? You like them? You fine with them? Is that cool, right? Amen? Okay. Almost done. Then we, I spoke to my wife and I realized there are so many women empowerment, women encouragement. Uh, let's have this to encourage women. Let's have this to empower women. Let's have this to, to give encouragement. Let's have this to, to uplift and to comfort women. And I'm like, why are there so much? It's just women empowerment, women empowerment. Men are trash. Yeah, exactly. I, I expected that response. But that's exactly what it's become. It's become a joke. That, uh, and I've realized that men do not know their place anymore. Men have forgotten their purpose. Men does, do not know what it is to guide, to guard, and to govern the home. We have forgotten their purpose. Where are the men of today? All the men in the house scream, Yay, let me hear you. I could count your voices. Four, five. And I realized that if we deal with the men, we wouldn't have to have so much of woman empowerment. And then I thought, why do you have so much of woman empowerment to uplift, to, uplift, to encourage, to comfort? There's so much of woman meetings, and I'm not against it. Please don't get me wrong. Please do not judge me wrong. Let me finish. I'm not against it. There's so much of women meetings that ends up with tissues and tea and, and water and coffee. And a whole boxes of tissues. Just so they can come together and cry about everything that they've been through that man has done in their life. Women are not feeble, little, small, little insects that need to be petted all the time. Women are already empowered through the word of God. So I went to my wife and I told her that I'm going to start a men's ministry speaking to men next year. And it's going to be called Men of Purpose. And when I told her that, she started screaming, literally, in our bedroom. And, she, and I said, what's wrong with you? And I'm not used to her screaming in the house. I said, what's wrong with you? And she's like, you have no idea. I was going to call the ladies meeting that next year. Women of Purpose. So whichever one comes first, right? I said it first, so I go first. <laughs> and we realize it's, we're not just going to have a ladies meeting to come and just tell you you are empowered. You are really empowered. That you, 
you know we want to comfort you and never mind what you're going through and never mind what he has done for you i want to tell you that divorce is not the first option the word that the lord gave me this week tell my people above all that divorce is not the first option he is still a god of restoration and he is still a god of reconciliation we are going to give you a ladies meeting woman of purpose to give you the word of god to empower you not just a cup of tea to empower you and a and a box of tissues to tell you that never mind what he did you can move on and you can find someone better those words are from the pit of hell because that is not the word of god he is a god that can heal a woman's mind soul so much so that you will forget what happened in the past 10 years and he can make your husband so much in love with you we we'll leave that for marriage seminar so men of purpose women of purpose will be next year coming soon all right and then i also heard a lot of talk about fyc we will be relaunching this we will be having this there were leaders there were uh congregation people and just normal young people right here that came to me and said pastor tell me now when is fyc starting again um no we have to no 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 tell me now when is it starting it's going to be starting next year you promise me now pastor i never ever got scared before in all my life so i made a promise and i'm going to keep it where there is clearly a need for this the lord is going to give the provision but we are not going to be calling this fyc forget about fyc please welcome faith generation so young people ministry will be called faith gen we'll be launching this when the lord leads us and i'm going to be doing it really radically where we will be having a live dj and that building will be explosive 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 i'm trusting god that great things are going to come out from those young people it's not going to be another church it's not going to be another place where it's going to affect the surf team that serves on a sunday morning it's going to be completely different under our leadership completely different so we are trusting for the right people for god to bring us people that have a desire and a passion for young people you can take that as a hint okay to any one of you you have a passion and desire for to to lead young people come and speak to us let's see how the lord leads amen praise god for that All right, you ready for the word of God? Ephesians chapter 
the helmet of salvation. So we started off with the belt of truth. We went to the breastplate of righteousness. We went to the shoes of the gospel of peace. Then my wife spoke about the shield of faith. And now we're going to be dealing with the helmet of salvation. Next week we'll be closing off the series of the armor of God with the sword of the spirit. Amen? The helmet of salvation. Helmet and salvation. Two words I want you to write down please. Helmet and salvation. The helmet covers your head. The helmet protects your head. What is in your head? Your mind, your soul, your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions comes from your mind, your thought pattern. That is where you think. That is where things go through your mind. It goes through your mind first before it comes out through your heart. Listen very carefully. You all with me? Stay with me. You all with me? Remember I said talk back to me now. Are you with me church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good and all the time. God is good. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 and 18. Ephesians chapter 6, 17 and 18. It says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Let's pray. Won't you close your eyes and bow your heads before the Lord, please, in the name of Jesus. Abba Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to keep our heads. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Paul is teaching here to Ephesus that you need a helmet to guard your mind. Being saved is not only um, a matter of the heart, it's a matter of the mind. The truth of the gospel cannot fill your heart unless it first fills your mind. Stay with me. The truth of the gospel cannot fill your heart unless it first fills your mind. It first goes through your mind and then it goes through your heart and comes out from you. Everything that goes into your heart, it goes into your mind first. Your mind is where the battle begins. The mind is where the battle continues. The mind is where the battle rages. The mind, you can have perfect sleep on your body, but if your mind is continually working the whole night thinking about amen and yes and this and questions and why and who and when and all these questions raging through your mind, you get up with a headache. Am I right? You get up with so much of fatigue. You get up absolutely tired, yet your body had rest. Eight hours, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours. Your body slept, but your body is still absolutely tired because your mind did not rest. Your body slept, but your mind did not rest. And Paul is telling them, people of Ephesus, put on a helmet to guard your mind. We will see now what the helmet is. Too many Christians today have taken on the theory of sensual Christianity. 
sensual Christianity, our faith and Christian movement is based on how we feel. It's based on how we feel. Now, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like praying today. Today, I feel like a Christian. Oh, today, I don't feel like a Christian. You know what? I don't feel I'm feeling a bit lazy. I don't feel like going to church today. It's fine. We'll just sit down. It's, it's okay. We work our Christianity lifestyle by our feelings. How we feel is how we react to Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for this breakthrough. I am so full of praise right now. I'm going to go to church every day. And when everything goes bad, I don't feel like praying anymore. I don't feel like going to church. And that's exactly what the devil wants you thinking. Your mind. You don't need God. Isn't that what he told Eve? You don't need him. You can do it your own. Is that what, what the devil told Jesus himself? You don't need God. You can do it yourself. Just give yourself to me. Just jump over. You are the bread of life. It's exactly what the enemy wants us thinking. That we don't need this God. He works in your mind. And before you know it, you know what? I lived without the church for so many months. I don't need the church right now. And God needs to take us back to the point where we first got saved. Take us back to the place where we had nothing and we were desperate and crying out to God for that job and that promotion and God came through for us. And we knew that we knew that we knew then that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He needs to take us back to when we first got saved, when we were healed. Take us back to that place, Lord, when everything revolved around you. Now our lives revolve around our lives. Our lives revolve around myself. It's me, myself, and I. Nothing else. I don't need you, Lord. We sang that song, no, nothing else, nothing else would do. Lord, I don't need you. I just need myself. But when I do need you, I need you to show up exactly when I need you to. You need to show up. And our faith and our Christian life is based on how we feel. We go to church based on how we feel. I don't feel like going to church today. So I wouldn't go. I wonder what would happen if God had to say, you know what? I don't feel like answering your prayers today. I don't feel like listening to your worship today. Because it's not truthful. It's only because you want to get something out of me. Isn't that most of the time why we go before God is because we want something from Him? Lord, I'm seeking your face now because I need healing. 
Lord, I'm praying now and I'm fasting and I'm praying because we have a need. How about fasting and praying just because he is? So when we come to to January, before the 4th, Every one of us will have it in our minds that we are not fasting for a breakthrough. We are not fasting for deliverance, for healing, for for prosperity, for God to do something in our lives. We are just fasting to get closer to Him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And then all these things, if my people, not my persons, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from the wicked ways, seek my face, then only will I heal their land. It's time for church to come back into church. And I just want to seek your face, not because I I wondered, you know, God knows all things, He's omniscient. So imagine God knows that, okay, you all just seeking my face just because you want something from me. Can you imagine if God came with the perspective and with the mindset that if you worship me for who I am, then only will I answer what you need. But just because you're worshiping, because you need something, I'm going to take my time. Baby, speak to the hand. Can you imagine if God had that response towards us? What will our lives be today? If God had to say no or silent to every single prayer that we pray unto Him. Look at our entire day. How many times do we pray for something rather than praising and worshipping? Put on the helmet. I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Faith is not a matter of how you feel, church. Faith is a substance of what we are hoping for. What are you hoping for? It is the substance of that hope. I am hoping for something. It is the substance of that. It is not my feeling. It is not about how I feel, about what you are going through. It is about the substance of what I'm hoping for. It's about Jesus. It's about Him. Listen to this. You need to wear your helmet over your salvation so that faith can keep on operating based on what you know to be true even if you got to wait for your feelings to catch up to what you know to be true. You have to put on your helmet of salvation to guard your salvation so that faith can work through your life every day. So that faith can operate in your life through what you know to be true. I am trusting and I know your word. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I know this to be true. And allow faith to work through that. Even if you have to wait sometimes and have patience and just wait to a season. Not every season is a moving season. There are some seasons that is a wait season. Where you just have to wait for God to give you the answer in which direction to move. You can't just keep on moving, Lord, in the name of Jesus. This is what I'm trusting you for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to keep on moving by faith. Ah, wait. There's a time to move. 
When God says move, then you move because you will have clear vision. The Bible says open up the eyes of my understanding that I may see. I just don't want to just see what I want to see. I want to see what you want to show me. Open up my eyes and let me see what you want me to see. Lord, I put on this helmet over my salvation. Let's go through scripture. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Can I have these fans turn and face me please? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. All right, thank you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Just point it down if you can, please. I'm really sorry. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Thank you very, very much. Praise God for you all. Thank you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now I want you to underline those scriptures and I want you to remember it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now go to Isaiah chapter 59. We're going to go through a few scriptures this morning before we bring this to a close. I'm almost done. Isaiah, I said I'm almost done. I'm not done. I'm just almost done. Isaiah 59 verse 15 down to 17. Says so truth fails. This is talking about the truth of man. Truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Everybody that joins me for prayer is an intercessor. Let me hear you shout amen. He wondered that there were no intercessors, but the day is coming and now is when the intercessors are rising up in Jesus' name. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. Go to Matthew chapter 22 if you can please. Matthew chapter 22 from verse 36. From verse 36 it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind not just your heart but with your soul meaning your feelings your emotions you shall love him with your mind meaning your thoughts your thinking you shall put him first before your emotions you shall put him first before your thoughts you shall put him first before your own thinking you shall put him first before your own decision making so when I love you on my mind, Lord, I'm putting you first before my mind reacts. 
when i love you in my mind i'm putting you first before i do what my mind thinks it should do i'm putting you first so what do you want me to do how do you want me to respond how do you want me to react i'm not going to do this my way because clearly it has shown in many many situations in past history has proven itself that my way does not work but your way is higher than mine your thoughts are higher than my thoughts so that means god thinks about me that means he has a way for my life that means he is thinking about my life as well duh yes he is and he has thoughts of peace towards you verse 38 this is the first and great commandment romans chapter 12 verse 2 says and be not be not conformed to this world but be he transformed by the renewing do not be conformed to this world do not just listen to everything the world's going to tell you do not just listen to everything the world tells you this is what needs to be done do not conform yourself to little do not conform yourself to less but be transformed how by renewing your mind I want you to remember that scripture. Be transformed by renewing your mind daily. Renew your mind. And Proverbs going back to Proverbs chapter 3 a very famous scripture verse 5 and 6 says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways what acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths first thessalonians chapter 5 the last scripture for today first thessalonians i think it is yeah First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8 says but let us who are of the day be sober now tell your loved one next to you today is the day that we are going to be sober and come christmas we will still remain sober and come new year's eve we will not be sober because we will be drunk with new wine that falls from glory in jesus christ you said it so no more bottle stores right non alcoholic wine non alcoholic amen 
although the Bible says a little wine is good for your stomach, but anyway, that's another teaching for another day. Okay. First Thessalonians 5, 8 says, But let, who was, who let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Do you all know what is hope? <clears throat> Anybody knows what is hope? Let me give you a faith answer of what hope is. Listen very carefully. A true story, a friend of mine, he's a pastor now. Uh, many years ago when we were in Bible school together, <clears throat> it was our last, last, last year in Bible school, we were in the canteen and there was a, a really, really pretty young girl that was seated. I was married at the time uh, already. This young girl was seated at, at the end of the, in the canteen in Bible school. It's a big canteen. And she kept on staring at him and my friend. And Benjamin looked at me and, 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 he, and, he's, and he's looking at me and said, Hey, brah. <laughs> See, yeah. He's a black guy, if you must know. That girl over there, she's looking at me and she's staring at me. I say, ha, ha, ha. Sure. And he was single. I said, yes, she's really pretty. And he's like, yeah, but she's staring at me. So go over and talk to her. What's wrong with you? He finally found the courage. And he went up to her. And he said, uh, hi, sorry. Um, what's your name? She gave him his name. My name is Mpo. I am Mpo. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, I saw you looking at me over there. And you kept on staring at me. Is there a reason why? And she looked at him and said, no, um, I'm so sorry. Um, please excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry I, looking at you and staring at you. It's just that you remind me so much of my first husband. <laughs> and she was a young girl. He almost fell over. He turned and looked at me. And I'm like... And he's turning when he finally got himself together. He said, um, so, so how many husbands have you had? And she looked at him and said, no, I haven't had any husband. I'm still single. That's hope. You didn't have your breakfast yet, right? So you took about five seconds to catch it up. Uh. She looked at him, if some of you did not catch up, let me reiterate. She looked at him and said, I don't have, you reminded me of what my first husband would look like, but I don't have any, any husband. So that is hope. I am hoping that you would fit the place. Today they are happily married with three children and he's a pastor in one of the churches that uh, a good friend of mine having over 5,000 people under him in the name of Jesus, full-time minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Put his helmet over your thoughts, your decisions. Put his helmet over what comes out of your mouth. So before I speak, I'm going to put the helmet. Okay, let's go to what the helmet is. The Bible says that the um, fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge comes, flows through your mind. 
through your soul. That is where I gain wisdom. That is where I impart wisdom. That is when I take in wisdom and knowledge. I put a helmet over that wisdom. I put a, a helmet over that knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the helmet over my wisdom. When I put on the helmet of Jesus Christ, I'm putting on the fear of the Lord. So before I even do any wrong, I am petrified to do anything wrong because I have the fear of God over my life. Before I respond to what those people said, I first will put on the helmet of salvation over my life and remind myself of who I am and what I am and who I serve. Jesus Christ and I will remain silent because I will not respond the way you want me to I will not react the way you want me to because I will put on the helmet over my salvation because I'm saved I'm born again by the blood of the lamb so before I react and speak out words of negativity before I react and speak out words of blasphemy and cursing and before rage and fight comes out of me I will first put on the helmet of salvation and remind myself who I am in Jesus Christ and I will remain silent as long as it takes to put on the helmet of salvation is reminding yourself who you are the fear of God is the beginning of my wisdom in my home. The fear of God is the beginning of the knowledge that comes out of me. You see, before you get wisdom, you get the fear of God. Before you get knowledge, you get the fear of God. Before you get anything else, you get the fear of God. And the Bible says that God is love. And his first commandment, love the Lord your God. And then he says, love your neighbor. So before anything else, you will first see the fear of God, which is love. The fear of God will come out of me, which is love. My reasonable response is love. My reasonable response is love. Over my decisions, over my situations, over the things I need to plan, over the things I need to put into perspective in my life, over everything, my reasonable response first is a helmet of salvation. A helmet over my salvation. You see, it's not just about being saved. It's about having this helmet over your salvation. The helmet salvation, I'm almost done, is directly connected to the scripture where Paul himself speaks to the Romans and he tells him, be not transformed, but be trans sorry, be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe very strongly that transformation in a person's life can happen through mind renewal. When you look at the same situation from a different perspective. When you look at the same situation from a different angle. You renew your mind. I'm looking at it now differently because I have renewed my mind. When you look at what you're going through, 
through a different perspective. I'm renewing my mind. I'm not looking at it. Thank you, Lord. And and this is where this is for many of you here this morning. And this is where a lot of you have to make a decision. Because when family tells you that this is the only way you need to look at this situation, this is the perspective you need to have, you take a step back, angle yourself. No, I'm looking at my situation from this perspective because I'm renewing my mind. Let them be angry with you. Let them say what they want to say about you. Let them do what they want to do. Let them stop speaking to you. Let them block you and let them avoid you. Let them blue tick you. It is fine because you have to look at every situation from the angle and the perspective from Jesus Christ and not the angle and the perspective of what society and the world and family and friends tell us to look at. It is the angle and the perspective of Jesus Christ. You see, when I put on this helmet, it enables me to look at my life from a different perspective. When I put on this helmet, it allows me to look at my wisdom through the fear of God. When I put on this helmet, it enables me to look at my knowledge through love and look at my family through love even though they might say what they want to say about me but I have a helmet of salvation and the fear of God and so only love comes out of me so blue tick me all you want block me all you want have a function and they don't turn up. Go to the hospital and you're all alone. Your perspective changes. And you never let go of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you never let go of Jesus Christ in your life. And you never let go of what God has done for you. You forever remain in your mind. Remember when you cried out to God, when you had no job, and God just didn't just give you a job, He gave you promotion over that job. Allow God to take you back to the place where you had nothing, and God healed you, and He delivered you, and you set you free. Take me back to the place we had nothing and Jesus saved me the saving grace of Jesus Christ Lord take me back to that place Lord this is a helmet that I put over my life the fear of God I put it over me and the only thing that comes out of me is love and my perspective of your word is love my perspective of wisdom and knowledge is love my perspective of what I'm going through is love my perspective of what I'm facing is love. I have the fear of God in me. I am petrified. I am terrified to do anything wrong, to say this little wrong, to do this little wrong, because I have the fear of God in me. Stand up to your feet, church.
I believe that anyone who is in, who encounters the word of God can be saved. Anybody who encounters him and sees God for what he has done can be saved. Anybody who transforms their minds can be saved. Anybody can be saved. If you can be saved, if I can be saved, anybody can be saved. But many Christians born again saved have taken this Christian religion very casually and easily today. It is no longer a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a religion. It is a religion. Going to church is what I do. It is my religion. And the person that doesn't know Jesus out there, our families and friends, they ask us a question. What do you do as a Christian? You say you are saved and you're born again, but what do you do that is different from me? Because when you when I fast, I go the whole day without food, no water. When you fast, I still see you sinning. When you fast, I still see you eating all what you want to eat. You see the person out there sees Christianity through their natural eyes in you and I. Their perspective is not through the word of God. Their perspective is you and I. They have to see the word of God through you and I. So I can't stand and tell my loved one, "No, but it's not about the food." We can eat whatever we want to. My bald-headed pastor tells me that I can eat whatever I want to because it's all about my heart and mind, praise God. You pushed him even further away because he's trying to see through your perspective. And if your perspective is so small and so little, How do we expect them to be saved? So I say again, remember the day when you got saved. Remember the day when you got born again, when God healed you and set you free. That day will forever ever remain in my heart. Forever ever will I remember that day. when we walked into that school literally carrying my mom i will forever remember no matter what anybody says what jesus christ did for my family no matter what anybody can say they after but faith doesn't work for you Look at where you are. Look at the challenges you face. Look at what you go through. My perspective still remains the same through this word. Not through what they say, but through this word. The same way that we treat our relationships with friends is the same way we now treat our relationship with Jesus Christ why because there's no helmet of salvation 
We cannot just be saved. We have to have a helmet over our salvation, church. Remember that we are not saved because of what we have done for Jesus. We are saved because what He has done for us. There is nothing we have done to be saved. It was a free gift. God paid the price. Nobody else could, nobody else would, and nobody else did it. And nobody else would in the future. It is only Jesus Christ that paid the price for mankind. And as we get into this month of celebrating the gift of Jesus and giving our presents and gifts to our loved ones and families and friends, we're reminded to put on the helmet of salvation. I have a helmet of salvation now over my life. No matter what happens, you say, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I have a helmet over my life. So now jealousy takes long to come out of me. Pride takes long to come out of me. Rebelliousness takes long to come out of me. We are quick to say I'm sorry. I'm quick to say I'm to, to forgive. I'm quick to be teachable. Why? Because I have a helmet over my life. It's the fear of God. The enemy wants you. The enemy wants us thinking, you don't need Jesus. You went through COVID without Jesus. The helmet of salvation over my life tells me that I am the fear of God. Never mind, I don't see a miracle every day. The very fact that I have air in my lungs is a miracle on its own, man. The devil wants to lie to your mind and tell your mind, you don't need the church. You made it through COVID without the church. You went every week without even being in church. The Bible says how good and how pleasant it is. The Bible says if my people, not my person, who are called by my name, and the enemy tells you in your mind you don't need the church because you made it through COVID without the church that is a lie from the pit of hell we need one another you need me as much as I need you you impart to me as much as I impart to you we love on one another this is the gospel of Jesus Christ church this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Here are salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. Father, I give you praise and glory and honor. I give you praise and glory and honor. I exalt the name of Yeshua. Yeshua.